This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 258 of the Stacey West podcast. I am your host Ben and this week I am joined by Charlie. How are you doing mate? Are you keeping well? Hello, yes, I certainly am. There is only a week and a day left of the university term. Woohoo! Hallelujah! <laughs> and then I get to go home for Christmas. <laughs> bloody students. I've I've got to the point where I can legitimately say bloody students. It's it's a terrifying thing. Um but uh yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's it's getting close to that point, isn't it, where it's all gonna get extremely busy. Uh, with lots and lots of games going on. Um, have you got all your shopping done yet is the big question that everyone's not going to care about. Uh, I've got my mum's present in the background. I hope she doesn't see that. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you can blur it out if we put a video yeah, up. Yeah, it's fine. Um, no, I've, I've still got to get some bits. I've done like half of it. It's all just online now. Do you know, I was... I, we were planning on doing a sort of me and my two flatmates are planning on going out and doing a city centre trip, a, a full afternoon getting Christmas shopping and all of this. And then we were just sat there the other day, like, we're actually quite busy. We Should we just do it online? Yeah, we don't do need to go out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, it's, probably, yeah, it's cool. probably more just to stop spending time with each other, you know, and live together. <laughs> we don't want to have to go out to city centre as well. <laughs> yeah, do it all in one day, get it on like Prime yeah. or whatever other websites are. Exactly. Already. Get it all on Prime. It'll show up in one van. And that's it. Jobs are good and everything's yeah. sorted. So much easier. Yeah, but uh, and people wonder why the high street's dying. But there we go. It's it's nightmare. I um, mean, no shop locally. Do all, use all of your local shops and all of this. Yeah, sure. I, I I do use like local sort of independent shops. Um, I do try it's, to, but it's the fact that they're so few and far between nowadays. And yeah, at the end of the day, when you don't have a car, because a lot of them seem to be kind of off the beaten track because not getting enough revenue wins, so they can't pay the high street rents. Very true. Beating track, and when you don't have a car, it's very difficult to use them sometimes. Very true, but uh, yeah, there's my excuses out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Look, it's it's getting. I say it's getting close to that time, um, and yeah, there's there's. I mean, we're two minutes, and we might as well might as well go straight to it. 
There's going to be another game thrown into the schedule next Tuesday night um, because of, well, it, it was a farce, wasn't it, on, on oh. Tuesday? Um, I just can't, I can't quite believe how it all went down. I mean, we, we got the iFollow feed up um, pretty bad about half an hour or so to go and we had it on the telly and we were watching it and it was Rob was talking on there and you know it, it all seemed to be fine because the players warming up everything was good and then I think it was probably about 10 minutes to go and then he sort of the conversation shifted and you could see like the ref came over to talk to you know the, the officials and the, the managers and stuff and you just thought something's not right here and then it it, it just seemed to go like oh yeah we're now in very real danger of the game not happening. And then at 7.47, two minutes mm. after the kickoff time, bang, that's it, game's off. Um, it, it was it was horrendous. Now, mm. I, I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks back that um, the game away at Stevenage was the first match that I had missed, home or away, uh, for Lincoln in sort of almost two years. And because I'd missed the streak, Mm. Tuesday night didn't seem so important to us. I'll be honest, I wasn't there on Tuesday night. I and and it was kind of for two reasons. It was a because I didn't really need to go. I didn't need to keep anything up anymore, so it wasn't mm. the end of the world if I missed it. And the other reason was on last Saturday because we had a free <laughs> game. Uh, and yep. you, you know, you know this, Ben, and, and anybody that maybe follows me on Twitter, they may have seen it as well and probably let out a little bit of a chuckle to themselves. And I wouldn't blame you. Um, because we had a free weekend, I decided to head to Alfreton to go and watch uh, Alfreton v Warsaw, go see how our, how our boy Freddie was doing. And a friend of mine, so, so I'm based in Nottingham at the minute, so it's certainly about sort of half an hour to Alfreton, but a friend of mine drove up from the south from Aylesbury. Um, so about two, two and a half hours just to mine, let alone then from another half hour to Alfreton. We get to Alfreton, we're stood in the stand, and boom, game called off. Five minutes before kickoff, it's like, no. Um, but, you know, it was fine. We made a day of it and just went and sat in a garden centre and I was drinking <laughs> beer anyway. Beer in a garden centre, by the way. I was going to say beer in a garden centre. That beer seems, in a garden centre. That seems he, like a, an extremely good way to get me to go to a garden centre, which I'm not going to... A friend of mine wanted to go because he likes pots of tea. He's an old man. He's like in his early <laughs> 50s. So I know everybody's an old man to me, uh, including yeah, you, though. Um, no, no, <laughs> but, uh, no, you're just a toddler. But no, um, he, <laughs> I, I had a beer in, uh, in a garden centre, which was, which was quite a good experience, having beer with a really nice slice of cheesecake. Um, but, because, <laughs> but that, right, wrapping that That's up. That's one of the, the most middle-class things I think I've <laughs> yeah. ever heard you say. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah that, that along with my three steaks a week, as Gary seems to have a go mm. at me at constantly. Um, Look, moving away from food because I only get told off when that topic uh, of conversation comes up. That was another part of the reason why I chose not to go to Accrington on Tuesday night because I didn't want to get screwed over twice in the space of a week. And thank God That's I a job didn't. you did, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it, it, it I, the, the 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 term unprecedented has been thrown around so much over the past few years. It's it's lost all meaning. But like, I can't think of a time before Tuesday night where a game has been called off that late. I mean, it was two minutes after the scheduled kickoff time. Yeah. Um, by all accounts, coming out, the, you know, coming out after the fact, it was, I think, Andy Holt, who is, well, was at one point, I don't know if he still is, always worth a follow 
on social media. Um, I know he had a bit of a meltdown the other week, but I was I probably expected to see more from him on this subject. But again, his 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 response was pretty measured. Um, from what I saw, it you know he was as as pissed off as we were. Um, yeah. By the sounds of it, both teams wanted to play. Like the ground was was hard, but. It, the argument could be well; it, it could have softened up with a bit of, you know, bit of football on it. But mm. who knows? I mean, you know, the, the fact that the referee was on his phone for about ten minutes, presumably getting advice, you know, from from whoever um, to try and see what was going on. I just think it it could have potentially been avoided with, you know, there was obviously that um, there was a pitch inspection scheduled for twelve o'clock, which was postponed. My understanding is that that was to look at it from a flooding point of view, or a you know it, it potentially being waterlogged. Mm. But then, surely there there would have been some sort of you know conversation <laughs> around like, well, it's wet, it's going to get cold, it may freeze. Like, the, 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 obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty and everything else. But like, I, yeah. I just think it was that there was a, a catalog of errors that led to this. Um, and it was just really annoying, um, you know, to kind of. Uh, I know Gaz basically paid for iFollow, and the first thing that he heard was, "Well, the game's <laughs> off." <laughs> and it's like, right, okay, um, yeah, just, just absolutely farcical. But um, I think fair play to Accrington and and to the club. I mean, again, both teams wanted to play it. I think fair play to the the response to this. Uh, from from both sides, I mean, you know, the, the club coming, to, the clubs coming together and saying, "Look, we'll split the costs of, of hosting the replay. We'll charge a pound for anybody that wants to go." Um, and the, you know, Lincoln going one step further and saying, "We will give anybody that wants to go free bus travel." I mm-hmm. think is a phenomenal, phenomenal response. And I know that there will be a lot of people that are listening and going, oh, well, it's only the, you know, it's only the trophy. It's not, you know, we're not going to have many people going anyway and people will be boycotting it, all the rest of it. But I mean, for those people that went, the club have basically said, have, you know, you'll get a full refund on your ticket and then you can get a new ticket for a quid, mm-hmm. which is again, perfect. Um, obviously, you know, the people that went are going to be missing out on the, on the, on the travel costs if they paid for fuel and everything else, but the club then turning around and saying, hey, you, you can get on a bus for free if you want to go, I think is just above and beyond. And, you know, the the, the club have come out and said it's going to cost us uh, quite a lot of money to do this, but they feel indebted to the fans and, and everybody else that, that was involved. So I, I don't really think anyone can find any fault with, with how they've responded to this. No, absolutely not. I think... So the first, the first of all, uh, I think the catalogue of errors comment you made is probably the best way to put it. I'm not the sort of person that is ever going to pin blame on one particular party. And I think there was quite clearly an overall failing on this, whether you can potentially say that Accrington could have handled it better, whether you, obviously Andy Holt will very much agree with the next part of this, whether you can say the referee and the, sort of the officiating team could have handled it better. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I there a clubs. You know, somebody at the club has confirmed that they will be wanting to put in a complaint to PGMOL. Um, there, you know, but like you say, at the end of the day, 
the way that it has been handled in terms of the replay is absolutely perfect. First of all, they immediately stated the next morning the date that the game would be replayed on. So there's yep. none of this kind of fiddling around what on earth date is it going to be played? Is it going to be next week? Is it going to be the week after? Right? Immediately they've done it. Brilliant news. Secondly, like I say, one pound match tickets. One pound match tickets. That's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I also believe that they actually wanted to make it free, but couldn't do because of regulations. So. I think, yeah, you've got to have yeah. like a... You have to have a value a on it, don't you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, they've literally done it as the cheapest value they could. Again, absolutely fantastic. But for it to be free coach travel... Now, like you say, you, you'd have thought that maybe some people might turn their nose up and, and this. We have already more or less sold out of two coaches on Tuesday night and the club are trying to source a third, but currently struggling. So we genuinely may have more demand than there is supply, which is just absolutely fantastic. On top of that, well, yeah, like I said, the fact that all of this is kind of being given to us as fans is just really, really positive news. There was only 17 people that went on the coach on Tuesday night for the sort of original fixture. But now it's going to be such a positive boost for us to have, you know, three, four, five times as many as that on coaches alone on Tuesday night, let alone sort of it, those who made their, make their own way there if anybody chooses to. Yeah, and absolutely. also be really good for Accrington because they're going to end up getting a boost in catering revenue and just yeah. things like that. Both clubs have come together to state that they're going to sort of share the financial burden of both the original original postponed match and sort of the new rearranged game, which is a real positive. I just think it's a great example of mm-hmm. sort of two clubs in the EFL that are quite clearly fan centric, and it's a it's a huge kind of positive from a Lincoln point of view but huge kudos to uh, Accrington and Andy Holt as well yeah 100% you know he's it, I think he's he can be a bit of a Marmite figure sometimes <laughs> but you know when he gets it right I think he gets it right you know well, absolutely he, he gets it really right I should say you know I think um yeah I think it's it's credit to both clubs in the way that they've handled it mm. um and hopefully you know something can something positive can come out of it uh for well for everybody going forward because I know Liam was was in the media saying about you know he wants to he wants to seek a little bit more clarity on how these things can happen and I think it's yeah. absolutely right I know Andy Holt said the same thing as well you know that you can't have people travelling across the country when there's still a you know still a decision to be made about a game that's due to be played I just think it's it's daft but mm. um, but no that's uh, so that's really um everything to do with Tuesday night. I just think, you know, looking ahead to to this coming Tuesday now, it's obviously thrown a few sp- uh, spanners in the works for Michael Scabala, which we'll come on to a bit later on in the podcast. But yeah, uh, the lineup interested me um, for Tuesday, which is probably one of the biggest annoyances of, uh, of the game being cancelled. Um, I think... Yeah, we'll, we'll part that discussion and we'll, we'll come on to it again uh, when we when we pick Wigan up. But uh, yeah. unfortunately, you know, there's been some pretty crap news literally half an hour before we started recording tonight. Um, Michael Scabala has come out and confirmed um, that Tyler Walker has had an operation and we may not see him play 
before the end of the season. Um, his words were, it's obviously really disappointing for him. Having worked so hard and been so close to a return, we have a superb medical and sports science team here who do a great job supporting the injured players. Now, we were kind of hopeful to see Tyler again in the next couple of months. Um, and then obviously it came out last week that he had had a setback. We didn't know how severe that setback was. Now it's come out that he's had to have an operation, um, which, yeah, has obviously been that setback. Um, it's a shitter, isn't it? <laughs> I can't think of any other way. Look, it's... Uh, now, the setback news was, was bad enough. Yeah. Um, to now think there's a chance that we're not going to see him for the rest of the season. It's... It's heartbreaking for the fact that Tyler was this, not just what he is on the pitch, not just the fact that he's a, a number nine that we know can score goals in a Lincoln City shirt. And he was showing really good promise in the month of August. Okay, he didn't get a goal, but it didn't matter because he was he, he was, was still playing himself really about, well. He? he really was. He, yeah. you know, he, he was really, really positive. And uh, kind of away from that as well, the off the field, the excitement that mm. we all got when Tyler Walker signed. Absolutely. It, it's incredible. But to now lose him for, for like you say, the rest of the season, it is it is really disappointing. Look, we know we, we took a... To, to be fair, people say we, te- we took a risk on signing him. I'm not sure, but I think it was, uh, was going to be a fit on paper yeah. for us and him. The fact it hasn't worked out so far and it won't potentially work out this season it is really disappointing, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was the wrong decision to go for him. And I think that's the that's the key thing that we have to kind of take away. The fact that it didn't work out doesn't mean it was the wrong decision to go to go with him in the first place. Yeah, I mean let's let's be fair as well. I mean, it hasn't worked out this season. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's not it, it's not like at the end of this season, that's it. Tyler goes back. You know, he's he's not a he's not a low knee this time round. Like we have signed Tyler Walker, and he has the the prowess. He has you know the the, the proven history there of being able to score goals at this level. Mm. So it was kind of what everybody wanted. Um, it's just unfortunate that you know this this has come up and he's 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 now going to be out for the season. Uh, well likely to be out for the season is the wording um so it's uh yeah yeah i'm gutted for him more than anything else because i know uh having spoken to him i think he was was so excited to get going so you know he was just so pleased to be here um and speak again speaking to people around the club they, they were extremely positive about tyler coming back i think it's a well it's one of the worst kept secrets at the club that you know he he turned down bigger offers to come and play mm. for us um substantially bigger offers as well as what i'm led to believe um and yeah i just i i feel so so desperately sad for him um to to be missing out uh, on the rest of yeah. the season and particularly given that he's one of two you know i think <laughs> The, the other the other thing that we've still not heard anything really about Ben House's injury and when he's due to be back. Um, I think it's uh, what I think we look, we're probably about two months away from the the scheduled time that was. Well, kind it of was said. Out. 
it was said it was said that it was going to be three to five months, and that was from middle of September. So if we if we were to take five months, yeah, worst case scenario, yeah, a couple of, of months, February, still. March, um, yeah. But look, I think if we sort of you know, we've got Joven, who's quite clearly performing at the minute. Mm-hmm. We've got Jack Vale, who we know could get himself about as well, and you know he got his first league goal for Lincoln last Tuesday night uh, against Cambridge. So that's a real positive. But what it also does is it also sparks a conversation now about what we're doing in January. I think, it, you know, it, Gary, so Gary put out a piece on uh, net the other day, um, sort of discussing what signs we need to potentially make, what kind of positions or areas of the pitch we potentially need to strengthen in January and potentially what we do with some of our lone players. Now I think, it'd probably be best for us to start in the attacking kind of area of the pitch, considering that's where we're talking about with Tyler. But if we're looking at a striker, I think, first of all, Freddie Draper gets recalled on January 1st. It is as simple as that. I don't think it can even be, there's even much of a debate about it anymore. I think as much as originally I was all for keeping him at Walsall for the whole season, I didn't want him back because I thought it was going to be best for his long-term development. But mm-hmm. we're, you know, this injury crisis, that this striker injury crisis that we hoped to be out of by January, as much as we're not necessarily in a crisis at the minute because we've got Joven who's sort of showing quality at the minute. We've got Jack Vale who has shown potential as well, but he's not our player. Mm-hmm. Joven is, you know, he is still only a youngster, as is Freddie Draper, of course, but Freddie Draper is, is probably a little bit further along his path, his development um, I won't say pathway, I'm not Chris. No. Uh, so, uh, slightly further along in his development <laughs> at Lincoln City. Um, I just feel like he'll come back and he will be probably a, a, a shoe in for that number nine position week in, week out, if he's able to perform at the same levels he was at Walsall. I just think it's best to have him in and around the squad and then at the end of January we can reevaluate, and then potentially if let's say House is then only a month let's say he could potentially be back by the end of February start of March something like that then maybe we'll look at just sucking it up for a month and getting Joven out on loan as well yeah I, I mean look I, I've been a big proponent of of keeping Freddie at Walsall um, I think it's been my <clears throat> my thoughts on it are essentially what you've said, you know, keep him there, let his development um, improve while he's out there at a League Two level um, and and come back in and hopefully, you know, next season build it and uh, get into League One. But this has really, really stretched that belief. Um, I think... I think with almost the assumption that Tyler was going to be coming back in towards the end of this month um, and firing again in January, that that was where we were at. Like that was that was our thoughts behind it. Um, the fact that that's now not happening, mm. it obviously we do have Jack Moylan coming in, but he's not an out and out striker, mm-hmm. um, which kind of at the start of January leaves us with. Jova McCarmer and Jack Bale, which is the situation we're in at the moment. And, you know, hopefully they're starting to find a bit of a vein of form. However, that that's two strikers. Like, that, that is literally it. Like, I know at the start of the season, you could argue that we only really had two strikers then, but we still had Joven, remember? You know, 
and Jack Vale only came in late in the day, um, in in the uh, in the summer window. So I, I'm coming round to the idea of of Freddie coming back, and I, I hope, <laughs> I I really really hope that if he does, it's not to come back and sit on the bench behind Jack Bale and permanently stay there. I I 100% agree with you. And I don't think that that's something that Michael Skibala would want to do. No. He's clearly already bought into the sort of club's philosophy of wanting to improve younger players and wanting to see them be able to show off their technical attributes. You know, Danny Mandroyu has looked twice the player so far under Michael Skibala, for example. TJ Omer, the same. Um, these kind of players that are comfortable on the ball have really been able to show that off at the minute. Um, and I just feel like he will also want to play our players above a lone player. So for me, I think on if it was a 50-50 split in terms of ability for a particular game and you know, fitness was the same and all of this, I would probably bet my money that Michael Scavala would pick Freddie Draper over Jack Vell purely because he is our player. Um, yeah. So I, as much as I agree with you that I do think that's a slight worry and we definitely don't want it to happen, I'm not necessarily concerned that it's uh, going to be a major problem for the second half of the season. Mm, no, that's, that's fair enough. And like I said, the more I think about it, the more I'm I'm coming around to the idea. Yeah. Um, not that you know I ever wanted to leave, keep him away from the club, like anything like that. But I just mm. thought it was it was better for his development to stay at Walsall. So um, I imagine there's probably a few Walsall fans that are going to be watching this and or listening to this rather and, and thinking, oh. Okay, or even seeing the news, and you know, just saying, "Oh well, bye, Freddie." I guess. Um, <laughs> but look, I mean, obviously, the the other side to that is if Skibala wants us to, you know, shift in philosophy and shift in systems, mm-hmm. is it likely that we're going to stick with one up top, or you know, could if if Freddie does come back, will we will we you know? Sh- potentially shift to two up top who knows i i'll be honest i wouldn't necessarily expect us or even think that we would go to a two up top in in game at certain points sure he's already shown that at certain points this season uh you know in the in his what, four, four games it still is in, in management isn't it mm. um that we have sometimes gone to kind of a, a four two four 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 two sort of yeah. formation in game when we're trying to chase a game sure but i don't necessarily think it's a formation that we'd like to start in i do potentially see us obviously moving to a four back at some point this season that that, that uh, was kind of where i was getting out if you if you shifted oops, sorry if you shift yeah. from you know th- five at the back to, or three at the back to four at the back and then you know you've got another player somewhere that can fit in i just wonder if you yeah. go from that to like a four two one three a four three one two sorry or you know you, you kind of have the ability to put two up there but i would i would probably expect it to be ex- more of a four three three four two three one sort of yeah four three two one makes more sense doesn't it with the players yeah. that we've got because you, you've got well instead of the two wingers that we're playing at the moment that they're, they're we've noticed them getting a bit narrower haven't we over the past few mm. weeks um and i'd expect that probably to be where it is but yeah, it was just a thought, you know. Throw it out there, oh, see, right, whether, just, just. <laughs> see whether uh, see whether Freddie decides to. Uh, well, obviously, if he does come back, see where he decides to play him <laughs> and whether he's on his own. But look, I mean, look, on top of that, Gaz did 
a, a good little piece, as you said, on the site about um, January and, and where we're going to be looking at. Don't say it was a good little piece. He may be listening. Can't compliment him too much. Actually, no, no, man, he won't listen. It's okay. uh, I was going to say, yeah, it's me and you. We won't listen. Um, so, I mean, look, defence-wise, at this moment in time, I don't necessarily think we need anybody. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to slightly disagree... I okay. The the only I'm, well, I'll say the only place I can possibly think might be if we have a shift in systems, which mm-hmm. I don't think is coming immediately. Um, I I don't know. Maybe at maybe at left left, left back position. I, I think right back, right wing back is is covered. I think Lass has got that fine. And I think if we do switch to four at the back, I think TJ is more than capable of playing as a right back. Mm-hmm. Um, I know obviously we do have Sean Rowan who is capable of playing as a left back. Um, I don't know. I, I just think in terms of centre-backs, we've got what, four, five centre-backs that are going to be vying for three positions at the moment. And we've said this before, most of them would walk into a first team in, in League One. I'd, I'd, centre-backs, I don't think we need to worry about at all. It's just those those two on the outsides that maybe, I mean, as it currently stands, I know obviously we've got Burroughs and we've got Rowan if, if you know, Burroughs needs to, um, or if, if Burroughs needs cover there. But I think um, Rowan is kind of being, well, he's, he's made it more obvious that he prefers playing as a centre-back. So that's, that's one thing there. <laughs> Um, go on then, disagree with me. No, no, no. You, that was that was it. Um, you right. Beat me okay. To it. That was it. Was well, it was the fact that I f- I feel like if we are to move to a fallback, um, it wouldn't surprise me to see us get a an out and out fullback in yeah. rather than the sort of wing backs that we've got at the minute and the the centre backs who are playing who can play at fullback or you know in the likes of Rowan and TJ. It just wouldn't surprise me to see us bring in a another player for for that mm-hmm. position but then if we do go to a fallback then questions have to be asked on the likes of sort of Jack Burrows uh, where will he fit into that system uh, obviously Lass Lass is quite clearly preferred playing at right wing back is he going to still feel the same way playing at right back uh, then how does Jaden Brown fit into that how you know how does Sean Rowan fit into that so it's, it's one of those where if it were to happen so many questions are going to be asked um, mm-hmm. Of, of all of the players, and that's kind of a good thing, just as much as it, is, it can be seen as a negative. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there is an opportunity to maybe bolster that position, um, but I don't necessarily think it's a necessity at the minute. Although I think midfield may be where we see an improvement. I've got to be honest. Now, I don't know what your thoughts on this are. I mean, it depends. It it depends where you're talking because if you're talking mm-hmm. the t- if you're talking about the two in I, our four two okay, three, okay. Oh, you know, in our five <laughs> five two three or whatever, you know, however yeah, 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 you look yeah. at it. Yeah. If you're thinking of the two, then you can get out and never darken the doors of the podcast again. Wait, I've got to be honest. You see, I'm not really a big Hamilton fan. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm taking the mic. Please, nobody actually believe. He would find um, you. He would find you. <laughs> Um, um, but look, no, the, no. The, the the two in that instance, we don't need to change anything there. No, no, we certainly don't. If we were to move to a three, then I would want another person. I would yep. want another person's body in there. It's as simple as that. 
if we are continuing with the two, I think we're okay with... Well, obviously, we're fantastic with Aaron and Hamilton. Um, cover, I think, Smith uh, and, and Bishop can obviously both cover those roles. Not 100% sort of comfortable with having Ted Bishop in one of those two roles uh, compared to maybe having a, a, a Alistair Smith. So potentially yeah. we get another body in there anyway, considering that Smith is also playing this kind of versatile position at the minute. A little bit like what Ted Bishop was doing uh, a couple of seasons back. I remember him playing right back for a couple of games in a row. Yeah. Uh, you know, though it was just, he's one of those players that kind of just filled in anywhere. And Alistair Smith has very much been that for us this season. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me just to see us bringing another body into the central midfield, just to kind of bolster that squad depth. Just so depth, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not... It's, I'm not saying that anybody is going to replace Aaron, uh, either of our defense. It's just not going to happen, and it yeah. shouldn't happen at all. But I would maybe just like a little bit of bolstering in the squad depth there, but that's probably about it. Yeah, I, I, I can't help but agree with you on that. I think... I, I'm a big Teddy Bishop fan. You know, I, I'm, I really like Teddy. I really like what he brings to the side. I think last season when we brought um, Arahan in, I thought he was, he, he became a different player when he was, you know, playing with, with Arahan because mm. you've got somebody there that is a solid, you know, eight out of 10 every week. And when you've got somebody like that behind you, you can, you've got a bit more freedom to do what you need to do. Um, I just think that, the unfortunate thing is that he seems to be made of glass, um, mm. which is a real shame because, again, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see him week in, week out and, and you know, do what we all know he can do because I think he'd be a real danger if he was able to play, you know, a full season. Unfortunately, he's not. So we need mm. a body in the in the building to kind of, well, essentially be his, his cover or his understudy, I guess, and yeah. look at it and go, right, okay, this is what Teddy does. You do it as well. Um, <laughs> and then there we go. I mean, obviously, you've mentioned Ali Smith. I think Ali Smith is, it, uh, well, he's a workhorse, isn't he? I think he's been involved in every game so far this season. I don't necessarily think that he's gotten some of the recognition that he maybe deserves. I know he's he's gotten some absolute pelters from some people, uh, from some sections. He's not had the best of games, you know, over a couple recently, but I don't think he's been awful by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I think, as you've mentioned there, he's a very good utility player. Like, he can slot mm-hmm. in. I don't particularly like him out on the wing, um, but, you know, when he's able to tuck in a little bit, I, I, I much prefer him in those positions. Um but yeah, I think yeah, squad depth is what we need in that area for sure at the minute. Um, but then we yeah, move absolutely. on. Then we move on to the attack, and um, all bets are off at this point, aren't they? Look, uh, I think we've already spoken about Freddie Draper. We've already spoken about the actual out-and-out striker. I think the positions in behind um, Jack Moylan's coming in. Danny Manjoyu is, I think. You know, I don't think there's necessarily too much of a risk of, of selling him. I'll, I'll be honest, I wouldn't have been too surprised to see him gone in sold in January um, if he was to keep up his form that he showed, especially in the month of August. Um, but okay. obviously, I don't think we're quite at that level, so I don't necessarily be, see him being sold in January like maybe I thought m- might have happened otherwise. Um, so I think if we're if we're sticking with our current formation. We've got Dylan Duffy, Jack Moylan, Danny Mandroyev, Rico Hackett, who will be coming back at some point, hopefully. You know, it'd be nice to see him this season again. Yeah. Um, you know, 
we we've obviously got Hakeem Delican who you know can fill in there at opp- opportunities he can fill in there uh, and obviously Alistair Smith who also can so I think if we end up bolstering the midfield with a position which obviously then leaves the door open for Ali Smith to play in one of those two kind of 10 roles if needed as well then I think it's a uh, then I just think we're absolutely fine in the attack personally, although it wouldn't surprise me to see us bring in sort of a nice, exciting, direct kind of winger because they're the sort of players that you can bring in in sort of the January transfer window that can often then impress for the second half of the season. So there's the options there, but we're not going... I don't think we'll be going out to sign somebody because we need somebody. It'll be going out to sign somebody because somebody's available that we want rather than yeah. we need somebody. We're just going to have a look what's available kind of kind of situation, if you, if yeah. you sort of get what I mean from that. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Um, I, 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 I was reading through... <coughs> excuse me. I was reading through Gaz's piece and his comment about Joven potentially going out on loan. Um, <laughs> this was obviously written before we knew about Tyler's setback yeah. um, in great detail. I I can see it happening, but I do wonder if Joven going out would signal Freddie coming back or an intent to, to maybe have a bit of activity in the market. I, I almost wonder if... if you know, if we are in line for a striker, would Joven then go out and loan? I think if if somebody came in in that position, then it's it's fairly obvious that he would do. Um, Joven would not go out on loan. I don't think unless we had somebody a guaranteed guaranteed two players. So whether that is Draper and Vale or whatever, and then another player in just shortly down the line, such as a Ben House who is close to fitness by the end of January or whatever. Yeah. Um, then that, I can see that as a potentiality. But I definitely don't see Joven going out on loan unless you know we could kind of guarantee that we were sort of secure mm-hmm. in that striker role. There is and also, we haven't even mentioned Charlie Kendall. I was gonna say, yeah, you know, there is yeah. also well before before we do that, I think there's obviously the the other side of that of you know um Jack Bale is on loan from Blackburn, is you know, mm-hmm. th- there's always a possibility of a, a striker getting recalled. Um, whether that's for him to go back to immediately go out somewhere else, we don't know. Um, it's, it's just I'd be surprised. I think he's had enough game time, and I think he. Yeah, I think he has now. Yeah, with I, I think he probably has now. Um, but yeah, we'll we, we'll see. I mean, there are there are options, but like you say, Charlie Kendall's still out there. Um, I actually had a message from somebody the uh, <laughs> had a message from somebody the other day who's. Uh, Extremely deep into football manager at the moment, and uh, <laughs> and Charlie Kendall was out on loan with his Dagenham and Redbridge side, um, and he uh, he sent me a message saying, "Oh, is this lad any good in reality?" and uh, had a, a screenshot of Charlie Kendall scoring a hat trick and uh, <laughs> getting like a nine point nine rating in in uh, in the game. Ooh. I said, uh, "Well, he scores goals. You know, Charlie Kendall scores <laughs> goals became a bit of a meme for a while." Um, I think I sold him in my Lincoln Football Manager, but then I I replaced him, and this is the I this is my proudest signing in Football Manager history. I re-signed Jordan Adebayo Smith to play up top <laughs> in the Championship for me after, in the second season after selling Charlie Kendall. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, you know, I think there are options there. I I just think 
we are in a decent enough spot at the moment. I think um, I, I just think there's always that it's kind of like the, the death and taxes, isn't it? You know, the, the certainties in life, death, taxes, and Lincoln looking for a striker in the transfer window. Like it's, it's always happens, but I don't think it's quite as, it's not quite as integral this, this time round, unless we're leaving Charlie Kendall out, not so, not Charlie Kendall, unless we're leaving Freddie Draper out, sorry, at Walsall, yeah. which the more time goes on, the more I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so there is that, but, they are the spots that uh, you know we'd probably be looking at for uh, for the January window. Obviously, you know we're what twenty four days away as we record from that. Mm. Um, silly season will get underway soon and uh, soon enough, but uh, not before uh, we disappear. We're nearly forty minutes in, and we're going for an ad break. That's, that's probably a bit of a record. <laughs> but um, look, we're gonna we're gonna go for an ad break now. Um, so here is a message from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll look head to Wigan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So thank you to our sponsors there. Don't know who they are this week. Um, I'm not going to drop myself in it. So we're all good. Um, So uh, there was a... Lynx Senior Cup game uh, the other night at um, was it since no it was at the Jakemans. No, um, it was the Jakemans Community Stadium. Indeed, where I'm going for my work. It's Christmas lunch shortly. Um, yeah, there's going to be about fifty of us there. It'll be the biggest attendance they've had. No, I'm not going to go there. Um, uh, they look. had two hundred and sixty-seven there last night. Actually. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, Victor. You know, four 0 win at the Jakemans um, game that. The club didn't really make too much of a deal out of because they don't need to. But there were some interesting names being tweeted out by the Boston United account, were there, Charlie? There certainly was. So look, I, I think uh, a lot of people may have seen already on social media today because it did catch the attention of some eagle-eyed fans. Gary was straight on it last night with an article uh, at something like 11 o'clock last night on one of the trialists who we mm-hmm. had. So the first trialist who we had picked out was Gabemi Arubi. Now, Gabemi Arubi uh, is a striker. 
He is part of the Irish Under-19 squad and has been at Shelbourne over in the League of Ireland for the last sort of few years. He's been there since under-15 level. Uh, and he has played some minutes for them, 155 minutes to be exact. He hasn't scored a goal yet, but... That's okay. He was playing, actually, funnily enough, for Shelbourne when uh, Liam Scully and Jez George were spotted over there uh, for, I think it was their last game of the season against UCD, when, yep. uh, if they sort of remember correctly, there was all of the rumours about, <laughs> are they, they there to speak that, to yeah. the managers? Yeah. Um, there was also another Irish youngster by the name of Divine Isaacorn. Now, Divine Isaacorn was wearing the number seven shirt last night, and he is a player who has come out of UCD. Now, this is a UCD side that, obviously, we also signed Dylan Duffy from. Uh, I do believe he was also at uh, Bohemians before that as well. So he he also, funnily enough, featured in that same game that uh, Jez and Liam went over to watch as well. So is this <laughs> another player that kind of tickled their fancy, if you like. Um, and there was also two players that were... Sort of pointed out earlier on today, one being a former Premier League youngster, Callum Cisse, 21 year old fullback. He was uh, let go from Tottenham Hotspur's academy at the end of his contract in the summer of this year. And he seems to have a good bit of pedigree about him. Now, he didn't obviously make any senior appearances for Tottenham, hardly a surprise with it being a Premier League outfit. However, he has been on trial already this year. Uh, back in September, he was on trial with Bundesliga side Werder Bremen. Uh, they didn't end up taking the punt and signing him, it seems. But it's the fact that we're able to get sort of a player on trial that's got the quality of being picked out of, sort of by the scouting team of a Bundesliga side. So that's a real positive. He's a versatile uh, player. He is kind of able to play... Uh, fullback, I believe right back, uh, or in defensive midfield. He's actually a senior international as well. He's played four, he's made four caps for Sierra Leone. Uh, his most recent cap coming in March of 2022, where he scored two goals to secure their victory away against the Republic of Congo. So, okay. really, in a 2 1 victory, I believe that was that. A real positive. Uh, for them, but like I said, that's that's a good one. And then there was also another one, an 18-year-old by the name of Sheenan Mullen. Oh, nearly butchered it. he nearly butchered it. We're going to go Sheenan. I don't know what the <laughs> Irish pronunciation of that is. So if anyone Irish is listening, please tell me. S-E-N-A-N Mullen. So please tell me how that's pronounced. Uh, he was also in the start of 11, taking the number four shirt, a defensive midfielder, I believe. He has come through the academy at Dundalk FC, obviously over in Ireland as well. Uh, he sort of made a few appearances for, to be exact, towards the end of the most recent season, totaling 143 minutes. Whew, there's your quick crash course on the, some of the trialists <laughs> that played last night. We also had goals from O'Shean Gallagher and Hayden Can as they returned from their loan duties for one night only, along with MJ Kamara as well. Um, I think what it kind of shows, first of all, obviously, yes, we have that Premier League, former Premier League youngster sort of coming from Tottenham. We've got history of signing right backs from Tottenham as well, bear in mind. <laughs> so uh, a little bit of a sort of funny irony there. I think the biggest sort of point of it is the Irish League has obviously ended. They're in their off season. 
Obviously, it's a market that we have been looking at previously. It's a market that we're still going to be scouting for the next few years, no matter what you think about the league or the quality of players that come over there. It's so far, it's worked for us. So yeah. why not keep on trying to tap into that market? So these could be some of the other players. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to sign all four of them, not necessarily even mean we'll sign any of them. But there are four potential players for the future at Lincoln City. There we go. Yeah, I mean, look, it's... it's... Like you say, it's an area that we've been to before. It's worked. So why not? Particularly with all of the other rules at the moment that are in place around <laughs> other markets. So um exactly. yeah, there we go. It's always it's always nice to know about a four nil win that uh, I don't think anybody really knew about. And then we've <laughs> like, Oh, these are names we've not seen, and then the biggest light's been shone on it. It's like, Oh, okay. So uh but look, let's look ahead to the weekend because we are visiting Wigan, one of the basket case clubs in the division, um, one of two. I think things have slightly calmed down now, um, but um, yeah, you've uh, you've had a chat with Adam from Progress with Unity, so uh, I will hand over to past Charlie and uh, and Adam and see what they've had to say around that one. Adam, first of all, I guess the way to start this is. Pretty simply, how's the season gone so far? Obviously, there was an eight-point deduction, but if we just take that away for a minute, you happy with the way results are going? Yeah, um, yeah, really, uh, really pleased on the whole. Um, you could almost say the season was in is in sort of three chunks at the moment. So, the first chunk of the season, we very quickly got rid of those um, eight points with notable wins at Derby and at um, at Bolton. Um, then we had a dip where I don't think we won in six games and we lost four in a row. But since then, uh, we had we had a big win down at Exeter. We were, at the time, Exeter about six points ahead of Wigan. Um, and if we'd have lost that game, I, I think it, we would have had a struggle. But we'd managed to battle through that game. And that started this run now of, in all competitions, just one defeat in, in 13. And we've had a few injuries recently. However, you would think that the team's only going to get better because it's it was put together, you know, very kind of short notice and it's full of academy players. So... Very pleased with where we are at the moment. You know, we're not looking like a side that's going to get relegated, which was the first priority. And, um, yeah, it's been enjoyable to watch as well, exciting games. That's really a real positive for you. I think it was, uh, was it Carlisle away that you had on the sort of the third match week, that Tuesday night? I remember being in Northampton and I was kind of stood around with some friends of mine at half-time and I think you may have been winning that game at yes, the right, half-time yeah. break. Because I remember us talking about the fact that three games in, you weren't bottom. You know, obviously it ended up that you only drew that game in the end and you didn't quite eradicate the three, uh, sort of the eight-point uh, deficit that you started with. But it was it was obviously a really, really good start. And then, like you say, you had that little mid-season blip, but the run of form that you're on at the minute, it's, it's just going to show that it's going to be a really, really tough game for us on Saturday, I think, considering, you know, like you say, not just performances, but the results that you're getting on a consistent basis as well. Um, kind of on that note, one question that I wanted to ask, and it came up from when we recorded our monthly show last week. Um, so I, I was talking with Chris, one of our co-hosts, 
and he pointed out that you're actually overperforming in the league compared to what your XG against is. So at the minute, I think your XG against is something like 35, but you've only conceded 23 goals or something along those lines anyway. Is, is that kind of, would you say it's kind of a fair reflection? Obviously, the stats may prove it, but I, I haven't necessarily seen Wigan as much as obviously you have. Would you say it's a fair reflection that you're conceding a lot of chances, a lot of high-quality chances, but somehow you're still being able to win games yeah. and concede as many because of good goalkeeping? Or what's kind of the, the big point in that? Yeah, I'd be interested to see like where, where we are in terms of the sections of the season because we had a very mm. young defence um, to start with. Um, and we've still got a young defence. Um, yeah. But I think I've noticed it, and this is only on the eye, I, I don't have the stats mm-hmm. comparisons, but we don't seem to be conceding as many chances in the last few games. But what we did do, and Sean Maloney did make mention of this, is like that Exeter game that I just mentioned before, it was literally, you know, bodies on the line, blocking the shots. And like you said, yeah. Sam Tickle... You know, in goal was, um, I mean, he got an under-21s call-up after only playing, mm. what, eight first-team games. So that says it all. Obviously, at times, somewhere where there'd clearly be an expected goal, he, you know, whatever, a 20 or 30% chance of keeping it out and he's keeping them out. But it's also the bodies on the line. So, yeah, conceding the chances long-term, I guess it's going to lead to conceding lots of goals. But... Mm-hmm. I think when our defence wasn't maybe as well organised and also our midfield shield wasn't as well organised, we were probably relying on the old sort of, um, you know, the, like, like a last uh, 10 minutes of a Sunday football game when you, you, you're you <laughs> leaving 1-0 and, and everyone's just throwing the bodies around just to, yeah. uh, to keep it. So it's a good, it's a good thing because the spirit's there. But as I said, long term, I think they've kind of tweaked a few things. They've played together a bit more. And I don't think in recent games, certainly on the eye anyway, we've been conceding as many uh, chances. There we go. That was Adam and Charlie. Um, or <laughs> Charlie and Adam. Me! Yeah. Um, so I've not had a chance to listen to that just yet because literally you finished that's, that's, that poor, and... that's poor from you. Ben. I mean, <laughs> you really should be preparing better for the podcast I by mean, listening to it. the thing that I literally recorded 30 seconds I'd before we started this. You closed <laughs> that window and opened this one. I don't think there's much more I could have done on that one. Um but yeah, so so what did uh, you know? What did uh, what did Adam have to say around Wigan and uh, and how their season's gone so far? Well, I think first of all, obviously their season comes with a major caveat of yep. their off-field issues in the summer, which led to an eight-point deduction. Um, but within four matches so far, so four matches this season, they managed to get rid of that eight-point deficit and be in the positive numbers. Um, so they had a really good start to the season. They then had a little bit of a lull. They ended up losing four games in a row at one point. But then now, they've now only lost one game in their last 13 at all competitions. They're on a bit of a roll. Um, you know, they seem to be really happy. He says they're playing some really exciting football. Um, so it's a, it's a real kind of positive from their point of view. They're really happy with the way they're playing. They would actually be level on points with us right now if it wasn't mm-hmm. for the uh, eight-point deduction. I believe they're sat in 14th at the minute um so look they're they're happy enough 
Um, they are seemingly pretty solid defensively in terms of the number of goals they concede. However, and I, I may be repeating uh, something that was, if anyone has watched the monthly show, because it was mentioned on that. Um, Chris, our statistician, <laughs> the Stacey West uh, pulled out a stat for me, which which really kind of surprised me. So their XG against, so the number of goals they would have expected to have conceded this season is 35, but they've only actually conceded 23. So they are massively overperforming their kind of defensive attributes. Well, obviously, a lot of credit for that in the kind of in, in the first instance very much has to go down to the goalkeeper. If he's able to keep out 12 XGs worth, that's a real kind of positive stat for him sam tickle his name is a 21 year old as they are there's, there's something in my brain that just says if you want a goalkeeper called mr tickle i just expect him to have massive like orange arms and that is something that's probably it's it's not gonna be do you know about the mr men charlie or is that is that i don't I am not that young that the right. Mr. Men is lost on me. <laughs> okay. okay, fair enough. Yeah. I wow, just, it... I should be offended. But yes, no, um, Mr. Tickle uh, is obviously filling up the goal. And <laughs> I thought the Mr. Men only have like little arms. Yeah, but Mr. Tickle doesn't. Mr. Tickle's got big arms. Oh, That's he's got thing. the big, like, long, waverly arms, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I remember Mr. Tickle. But yeah, so. <laughs> um, yeah, so look, Sam Tickle and Goal is clearly performing very well for them. But when I kind of posed the question to Adam based on those numbers, he said that he doesn't necessarily have the data to back it up, but he would expect that it's those kind of XG against numbers were very much skewed from the early games of the season. Because right. Wigan's team that has been put together is very much full of players that they have managed to keep hold of and academy players who hadn't really played much senior football before kind of playing so far this season. And that includes some of the loans that they've brought in as well, because they weren't allowed to spend money on any players in the summer. Mm -hmm. They could bring in a couple of frees and such, but even then they struggled to kind of do that. So a lot of them are academy prospects. And he said in early on in the season, you could very much tell kind of quite a raw team um, they weren't really performing amazingly even though they were getting the results the performances weren't necessarily there and they were making quite a few kind of silly mistakes but they've now seemed to really be on a bit of a roll uh, and kind of managed to sort of fix some of that to the point where they're performing better defensively as well and not giving away so many opportunities um, something else though as well they're actually really clinical as a side now mm. I I think their goals to shots is something like second best in the league. Uh, yeah, I think I'll ours is something like fourth. I'll say um, I've got it. I've got it here. Um, mm. And where is it? There, uh, shots conversion is around twenty percent. It's it's yes. uh, it's like seventeen percent at home, twenty three percent away. So yeah. they seem to be a bit more clinical away from home, but they they, they tend to get more shots off at home. So, Absolutely, yeah. um, which is obviously a little bit of a, a worry, if you like, for us, but our clinicality is also just as good. So if they are continuing to give away some chances, maybe not quite as many as they were, but some chances, you would want to very much bet on us to be able to at least get a goal to the point where I actually predicted with Adam that I wouldn't be surprised to see something like a two-all draw, quite a, a sort of a tap versus a tap, because it's a something that we clearly want to kind of go move towards this this season under Skubala and it's something that we're very much seeing in these last few games. Um, 
Adam also made a really interesting point, and it kind of got me thinking. Now, the Wigan manager, Sean Maloney, because when I kind of turned around and asked, okay, so what kind of system, what kind of formation are you likely to play? And he says, well, we don't really have a set one. I'm like, okay. Turns out that they will often try to kind of set up dependent on the opposition coming up. So it's kind okay. of total opposite, if you like, of what Mark Kennedy was was doing, where Mark Kennedy would always say, oh, you know, we only really focus 10, 20% on the opposition. It seems like Sean Maloney is kind of doing the opposite of that. We will set up based on the opposition. Um, so they're trying, they're setting up to stop the opposition playing yeah. more than it's, they have well, their it, style and then they, they impress it upon the opposition. Yeah, to try, well, to try and kind of um, sort of Kind of not time. stop them playing it because when I say stop them yeah, playing, it yeah. makes it sound like you know the, the anti football, but you know what I mean. Yeah. They, they set up to to counteract what's being exactly. put in front of them. and and yeah. target and target the opposition's weaknesses. Now that just got my brain thinking because the the you know the lineup that was uh, for Tuesday night against Accrington was still seemingly a three at the back, uh, so was, you know a five two three three four three if you like three four two one more more at the minute. Um, now, I, I'll be honest, I was kind of expecting, hoping um, that we would be trialling out a four-back against Southampton. That didn't happen. But now I wonder, is there a chance that we're going to try it against Wigan? We're going to have had an extra day on the training pitch. And also, mm-hmm. if Sean Maloney is going to be setting up his Wigan side to try and counteract Lincoln City, he'll be what? doing it to try and counteract yeah. at 3 4 two, one So is this maybe an opportunity to pull kind of the wild card out and switch mm. things up. Now, do I expect it to happen? Honestly, no. No. <laughs> do I think it, but do I think it's something that will have gone through Michael Scubala's mind 100%? Potentially, so, yeah, because I mean let, let's let's look at this and because we said we'd talk about it earlier on, so let's bring it up now. Obviously, Tuesday night we were due to have um O'Connor back in the side and Jack mm-hmm. Bale was was due to start over Joven, who's obviously started the past couple of games. How harsh is it for the likes of, um, you know, potentially TJ? I know he was he was in the side on Tuesday, um, but, but you know Alex Mitchell and players like that. How harsh is it to see them put on the bench for Paulie O'Connor to come in after we've had a week where that would have been the trial? You know that there would have been the trial on Tuesday night. It's like right. Almost the attitude of okay, it's the trophy, it's not the league. This is how we're going to set up. I, th- I think this is where we said it. It puts a bit of a headache, or it gives Scabala a bit of a headache because you, you think, right, what the hell? Like I can't. Yeah, there was there was a setup and a plan for Tuesday night, which uh-huh. was undoubtedly kind of had that. This is to see whether it will potentially work on Saturday in the league. That's not happened, so. Does he then revert back to Tuesday, or does he revert to the players that that did a you know solid job last weekend? It's it'll the be, kind of it'll be a mixture. Like. Yeah, it'll be a you know it'll be a mixture. It won't be necessarily as easy as which one of the two do we go with. But I think there is the only player that I can that I think can feel hard done by on Tuesday night selection, and let you know let's say it as though we're going to do the same thing next Tuesday night, or or if the game was was played or whatever. There's only one player who can feel hard done by and that's Jordan Wright for me. I think yep, 100%. Alex uh, was that it was Alex Mitchell dropped out of the back three, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Now I don't think he can feel hard done by because it's a Papa John's trophy game. It's mm-hmm. literally somebody 
was going to get dropped. I probably expected actually slight bit more rotation than what happened. So I don't think any of the outfield Yeah, I did as well, to be honest. I kind of, by. I expected Jackson to maybe drop out and give him a, mm. get a, get a bit of a break maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I 100% agree with you on, on Jordan Wright. I think it was, um, I, I think this was his competition last season, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, I'm not going to come out here and say that it was the wrong decision to start Lucas Jensen because, you know, Michael Skubala is obviously on the training ground with them week in, mm-hmm. week out, well, for, for three weeks anyway. And he may have kind of decided that he just wanted to see more of Lucas Jensen. You know, he, he's a new, as a new manager, you probably want to see more of the players that you know are going to be starting more games for you. So I can kind of understand it from that point of view. Uh, I just simply feel bad for Jordan, right? That's all it is. I'm not saying that the decision was the wrong decision. I just, I can understand he might be a little bit frustrated. No, I didn't absolutely agree. It's interesting that you said you've gone for a draw on Saturday, though, Charlie, because Wigan don't draw many games. They, they don't. Only... They haven't drawn at home this season. Yeah, they've only drawn three this season. And yeah. Yeah, I say all of those have been away and they've only lost three at home. So yeah. it's going to be... I think it's it's almost going to be a bit of a basketball match at points. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be very open. I think we're, you know... We're proving now that we've got the confidence, we've got the chops to do it and get forward and, you know, play the kind of football that is going to get people excited. Mm. Um, And then if we do experiment a little bit with the formation, then it it might be a case of, oh, well, yes, they're sure of it within themselves, but is it going to leave gaps? And we've seen instances of that over the past few games, you know, misplaced passes and, and things like that. I'd... I expect a bit of a, maybe not basketball, but like a, I think a, a bit of a stretched game at the weekend, mm. um, particularly, you know, as you get towards the end of the, the second half when we're throwing everything forward at it, as it seems to be the case at the minute. Yeah. Um, you yeah, like- certainly want to look forward to from a footballing aspect 100%. And bear in yeah. mind the last two times that Lincoln City have travelled up to the DW Stadium, in fact, the only two times since the turn of the century... We've won 2-1. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I think um, last, well, we've only played them four times, I think. Um, And then we've had what, we we beat them 2-1 at home, we beat them 2-1 away, we beat them 2-1 away, and then they beat us at home 3-1 last season. So, Season before, yeah. uh, Sorry, yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, season before. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a... uh, I think it's going to be a good game to to get to mm. get involved in. I think I think the fact that we're going to have slightly moved past the uh, the issues. Um, we, I mean, let's be fair. We don't. I personally don't like seeing clubs in chaos, right? Regardless of where they are, um, it's it's just bad for the game overall. And I think obviously Reading and Wigan this season were the basket case clubs. Um, going into the season, but it does look like everything's calmed calmed down a little bit now. Um, And like you said, if it weren't for the points deduction, they'd be level on points with us at the minute. Um, I think they've conceded three more goals, or is it the way around? Have we conceded three more goals than them? Uh, We have... Yeah, they've conceded three more goals than us. So defensively, we're more or less on a par, aren't we? I think that they are kind of a little bit more reliant on a couple of players to, to get their goals. I mean, obviously the, 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 
the most incredible stat for me that's coming out over the past few weeks is that we ha- we only have three outfield players that haven't scored a goal yet this season, mm-hmm. and two of those are long term injured, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. I think is just bizarre. Um, so uh, Jaden Brown, get your skates on, mate, and get a goal. You know that's what we're that's what we're <laughs> after at the minute. That's that's really it. Poor um, man needs more game time for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other one as well. We haven't had a nil-nil yet this season. Um, there's been a goal in every game that's been scored. So Why far. would unless, you say that? Why unless, would you tempt fate? <laughs> unless you're counting. Well, I suppose Sheffield United is is kind of the exception. Like, you know, it was nil-nil, but then there were penalties. In yeah, you know, with it's only still one. Nil-nil. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, we saw some goals and we celebrated. So we all right. We haven't had a nil-nil draw. We've had a nil-nil win. <laughs> but we haven't had a nil-nil draw. Does that work? I don't know. Um, but look, yeah, with all that being said, it, it yeah, there we go. I, I, I don't expect it to be a draw on Saturday. I think there will be a winner either way. And I think with the game, with us predicting it to be kind of a little bit open, I, I anticipate it. Well, I, I can't call it. It'll, I think it will be 2-1 either way and um, I just hope it will be for the imps what about yourself well funnily enough I also hope it will be for, for us well uh, yeah I'm obviously stick, I'm going to stick with my two all prediction I think um, I think it's going to be a really really fascinating game of football I'm really looking forward to it and you know what if you're giving me the option of a point right now I'd take it oh absolutely absolutely I think yeah the, you know as we said Wigan would be near enough where we are at the minute we were delighted with a point against Barnsley the other day uh, the other week rather so you know I kind of put them in that same bracket um, mm-hmm. so yeah I think uh, I'd, I'd be more than happy with a point at the weekend but uh, I think that's probably enough on Wigan go check out the full preview on YouTube if you would be so kind and get subscribed to the channel as well because uh, there's loads of stuff going on the <laughs> monthly review show is up review review show is review. up Review. Um, the monthly review show is up. Um, I caught that the other day. Very good stuff from yourself and Chris. Uh, don't forget last week as well, um, the interview with Michael, with Chris and Gary. Uh, another you know, excellent listen there as well. So get that in your logos if you haven't already. Um, I don't think there's anything else that we need to plug or talk about. No, Charlie's giving, me the, yeah, no, Charlie's giving me the head shake as opposed to I think, I think about we're at, well, we're at a, a min, an hour and three minutes without uh, without the preview. Without the preview so it's so. probably enough. It's probably going to be more than enough for some sections of our audience to be listening to the two of us. So without any further ado, we will wrap it up. We'll speak to you on Sunday. But until then, of the imps. Of the imps. around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNuggets share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.